last few weeks, like Brother Bob said, it's been weeks since we've been live, and I've been broadcasting from uh, Facebook every Sunday morning. And uh, we've been doing a Zoom meeting in Sunday evenings. We moved that back today to 6 o'clock. And then we have a Tuesday night Zoom class. Um, I haven't been preaching this much, to be honest with you, in years. And uh, But it is what it is, right? So we just uh, we just move on. We tried to have a guest speaker on Zoom uh, a few weeks ago, and that didn't work because of internet connection. So we had Brother J.W. Lumen join us, and he was with us for maybe five minutes, and he was gone. And uh, I talked to Jay Friday, and as soon as we get to a little bit better position here in Virginia, we're going to have Jay live. And uh, he also is still having their conference. If anyone's interested in the conference, it's in the uh, June week of the 22nd, Tuesday through Thursday in Leslie, Arkansas. We've known JW for years. With us this morning is a brother we haven't seen in a long time. I've seen him on Facebook for a while. And he's been communicating with us. And his brother Wayne Ogden, and he's been... Uh, associated with us for years. So if you don't know Brother Wayne, we've got three Waynes now in here, and, uh, and if we get another one, we'll, be, we'll, we'll have a um, four Waynes. I'm going to bring a couple of Anitas next. We need one more to have four. So if we get my son Alvin to join us, his middle name's Wayne, we would have four Waynes and we would uh, we would really be full of Wayne. Anyway, all for the humor this morning. It's uh, it's enough, and I'm going to try to stand still. Uh, I've been sitting behind a desk. Henry tried to get me to stand still for years, and for years I wouldn't do it. And so uh, I've had to sit behind a desk, and I watch myself weighing on the on the video, and I can't even sit still. I'm fidgeting this way and that way. I'm like a little kid. Uh, anyway, for some weeks we've been looking at the judgment of the world. All right, that's in. Uh, if you turn your Bible to John 12. John chapter 12, we're going to read there this morning. We're going to, we're going to do a little refresher uh, from what we've been teaching. And then we're going to expand on. I'm going to keep this try to to about 40, 45 minutes, not uh, too awful long. I've, I've even learned to cut back. I've been doing a lot of uh, sharings about 30, 35 minutes. And you all that's been around me know that's... Pretty good. It's according to the way you, you look at it, right? So in John 12, Jesus starts at verse 27. He says, Now is my soul trouble, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and 
will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of the world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. Now, I want you to hear this real close. Jesus said, going to the cross, he was speaking of going to the cross, he makes that plain that he's speaking of going to the cross. He will draw all men, or the writer does, John does. This he said, signifying the death he should die. Now is the judgment of the world, the cross. How many believers believe the cross was the judgment of the world? Jesus said that. Was Jesus right? Or was Jesus wrong? Jesus was never wrong. So, so what we get confronted with, with the Lord, is what is truth and what is not truth. And the Lord will confront your heart and your mind if you allow Him with truth. He will. And, and it really, at that point, comes to, will I allow God to confront me? It comes to an allowing. It's like Paul writes in one place, let this mind be in you. Will you allow it? So, so if I won't allow it, then don't worry. It won't work. Because that's the way God works. If I allow God, He'll open anything to me. Now, He may not open it to me right when I want it, because something a few weeks ago I said to Calvin, and it's, and it's come back to my mind, and uh, Brother Calvin had said aloud that the Lord had dealt with him something, and the Lord had actually told him not to come and discuss it with me. And... And the reason the Lord does that is He wants to be your teacher, first off. And if you rely on man, I don't care if you rely on a man that has a spiritual uh, truth, God still wants to be your teacher. If you learn things that are true, Brother Stanley used to say many times, he would say people are parents. I love how he would say it. Because he was, what he was saying is, they don't know this. They're parroting. They're as a parrot. They're saying what somebody else said, not because they have a internal knowing of it, but because who they're around says it. And see, folks, that's not what God's after. That you say what a pastor says. That won't do you no good. Now, most pastors will tell you you should say what they say. I will tell you the opposite. You need to hear from God yourself. You're in very dangerous ground when you don't. When you haven't come to the relationship where you're hearing from God. Now, you can hear from God through ministry. 
God works in ministry, but you need to hear from God. You need to believe you can hear from God. See, see, the first thing, you need to open your heart that you can hear from God, that God is in you. If God is in me, then I can probably hear Him. If He's in me, He's really close in my mind, in my heart. So I can probably hear Him. I can come and settle that if God's really in me. Okay? So... The other thing, before I forget and move on, and I've already been eight minutes and I haven't even gotten my lesson, really. But the other thing is with Calvin. When Calvin made the statement, I was driving down the road, I think the second week, and the Lord dealt with me leaving here. Because I've had things in the Word of God that I've tried to get in and know, where I've said, I'm going to know this. And it wouldn't work. I'd sit down and say, well, I'm going to figure this out. And it flat out wouldn't work. Because God has to take the Word, and this is the way He designs it, and begin to build in your heart. He builds what He's done in Christ in your heart. He builds. So you have to apply your heart. What do you have to do? Apply your heart to the Lord. That's, that's the thing that you do have to do. If you seek, Jesus said, you will find. If you ask, you will receive. If you knock, it shall be opened to you. And most people have taken their Scriptures and it's all been about things. Well, if I ask for a car, I'll get a car. Not that God can't give you a car, but there's a greater issue at hand than a car. It's called the kingdom of God. It's called the reality of Christ. And if God's people would realize that's at hand, and they would begin to ask for the reality of God in Christ, they would be filled with it. It's at hand. It means it's now. It's right now. Like you said, now is the judgment of the world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. You should ask the Lord about this. Highlight these in your heart, in your mind, in your Bible. Now is the judgment of the world. What does He mean now? Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. What does He mean now? Now, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men. He didn't say just save men. He said all men unto me if I be lifted up. And that wasn't a song, Lift Jesus Higher. That was the cross. That was what He was talking about. I'm going to the cross. And see, see, we've quoted this Scripture, no man can come to God unless God draw him. Here Jesus said, I'm drawing all men unto me. And then the Apostle Paul writes, whosoever will, let him you know, call on the name of the Lord. John writes it, whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. So we're in a whosoever will because Jesus drew Jew and Gentile to Himself and judged them in His own body. That's what was going on. In, in uh, I have to read these scriptures or I'll just go on. In Galatians 6, 
Galatians 6, and I was going to print these out and I flat out forgot. Galatians 6, 14. He says, This is Paul. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember what I said earlier today? In the midst of all the turmoil Paul was in, he was presenting the cross of Jesus Christ to a people. So he says, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world, the world is crucified to me, and I unto the world. So this is a judgment that has to come in your heart. Paul says the world is is crucified. He didn't just say was crucified. He said it is. It's active. Because the Word of God is active. It's sharp. It's alive. It is. So the word... The world, and the word world here is a Greek word that means the cosmos, the orderly arrangement. So Paul was saying the arrangement of that day was crucified to him, and he was crucified to that arrangement. Why was he saying that? So you've got to ask yourself these things. And then he goes on and he says, For in Christ Jesus, he starts giving you the answer right here, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, because the arrangement of that day was the Mosaic Law. They were still trying to circumcise them according to the Law of Moses. And Paul writes, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. So it doesn't matter one way or the other, but... A new creature, a new creation. What avails is a new creature. That's what avails. And as many as walk according to this rule or this understanding, the new creation in Christ, as many as walk according to that, peace will be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. Because there's the Israel of God. That walk according to the new creation, not according to the old. From henceforth, let no man trouble me. What were they troubling Paul? You go back and you read the book of Galatians. They were troubling Paul because they were trying to take believers and put them back under the law. And that's what he's dealing with throughout the book of Galatians. Go back and read it. And he says, from henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body. That doesn't mean he was physically crucified with Jesus, does it? I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. That's what he said. I bear them in my body. Now what does he mean? I'm crucified to the world. I'm bearing it in my body. I'm manifesting it in my life. It's coming out of me in my walk in the earth, that I'm crucified with Christ. And Christ liveth in me. That's what Paul was teaching throughout his epistles, was Christ liveth in you. Now, in Christ living in you, there was a work of the cross that meant you were crucified to the elements of the world. Have you ever read this? Have you ever read the New Testament? If you have, then the answer is yes, you've read that. Then the better question, have you paid attention to what he says? 
Right? Just like have you paid attention to Jesus saying, now is the judgment of the world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Well, a couple other scriptures, so I read them to you. Matthew 12, I won't read all this. John 5, Matthew 12, we dealt with for uh, some weeks this passage of scripture. A bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory. And the question I ask is, how do you get judgment to victory? With our concept of judgment, how do you get victory out of it? Question to ask yourself. With our concept of judgment, how do you get victory out of judgment? Then John 5, and I've got written down 19 through 31, but I'm not going to read all of those verses, but you can. John 5, 19 through 31 and have given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Why? Well, this will take you all the way through your Bible to answer these questions. And you'll only have an answer if the Spirit of God gives you an answer. So, so when I look at this, Jesus had to execute authority because He is the Son of Man. What does that mean? What this means deals with the prince of this world being cast out. Now is the judgment of the world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. In the beginning, God created, as everybody read Genesis 1, God created the heavens and the earth. So God created. So we know that from the beginning that God created the heaven and the earth. And when He created man, what did He say about man? He gave them what? Dominion. So the ruler of the world was man. You ever thought of that? The ruler of the world was the first man. According to your Bible. Did you know that? He was the ruler. God brought all the animals to Adam. Adam named them. He had dominion in the earth. Over the fishes, over the cattle, over everything. Now He allowed darkness to come forth within Him. Because God told Adam, said, hey, Adam, in the day you, here's two trees in the garden. Tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. The day you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. And Paul said, through one man's disobedience, death passed upon all men. Not just physical death but the realm of death. And the Apostle Paul writes in Romans, the carnal mind is death. The carnal mind, Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, is death. To be carnally minded is death. 
So if I live according to the natural mind, that's death. He writes something else profound there. He says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. (laughs) To be spiritually minded, to have the mind of Christ, he could have said, is life and peace. And Paul says to the church, you have the mind of Christ that God may instruct you. He didn't even say you're going to get it. He said you got it. Because we, we sang the song this morning that I absolutely love. In fact, I, I uh, suggested it to Nita. I rarely suggest songs. But I suggested the song, We Are Your Body, You Are the head. You get that. You're not the head. He is. If the church understood that concept, that Christ is the head of the body, which is the church, then, then they would understand what this being crucified to the world is all about. You're crucified to the world not to live to the dictates of the world. Any of them. Sins, passions and desires of the flesh, all of us included, folks. You are crucified to it to live unto God in Christ. But see, if I make it over there, I just, you know, do the best I can to someday. That's not Paul's epistles or writings. Paul Paul hits the Colossians in the head, so to speak. He says, you are dead. Not going to get dead. He said, you are dead and your life is hid. In other words, the world can't see your life because your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then, as one, shall we appear with Him in glory. Not in glory land. In glory. In fact, to my knowledge, the Bible never talks about glory land at all. So these concepts that are in our mind are not biblical. They're not even biblical. They're not even in the Bible, many of them. But they're conceptually in our mind because as children... Many of us went to church and had them drilled in our heads and we skimmed through the Bible and never paid attention to what we read. Me included. So I ain't picking on everybody else. Me included. And when God got my attention, I went, oh, I don't know nothing, do I? That was really what I come to. I'm as ignorant as a stick. I know nothing. 
It's one of the greatest places I ever come to in my life to realize I didn't know anything. Because when I come to the place that I didn't know anything, then the Holy Spirit could teach me like He said He was going to. But as long as I'm arrogant in my heart that I know what God means, you know how arrogant that sounds? I know what God is saying. Even though He hasn't shown me. That's arrogant, folks. That's the carnal mind. That's the natural mind that, that says, I don't need God. I understand it. I've read it. I got it. Well, do you? See, that's the, that's the issue, and that's where the Lord is dealing with me about the judgment of the world. The world was judged at the cross that you could live unto Christ. That's why the world was judged at the cross. So you wouldn't live to the world, but you would live unto Him. Well, if I don't know I'm supposed to live unto Him, I probably won't. So if I don't have a concept that right now, right this moment, in the earth, a people is supposed to be living unto Christ, it probably will not be manifest. See, I've got off track a little bit, and I'm going to try to keep it to 40 minutes. But, uh, see, look at Ephesians 1. I'll have to get into this other stuff probably next week, but Ephesians 1. Just go with where we're at. Ephesians 1. Verse 16. Paul's writing to the Ephesians that are gathered unto Christ. And he says, He ceases not to give thanks for you, making mention of you. Cease, uh, 16. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Here's what he's praying. Not that you get a new car. Mm -hmm. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. The eyes of your heart, the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your deep thought, the eyes of your mind, being enlightened, not with natural light, but here's the light of the new day, being enlightened that you might know. Being enlightened with what? The knowledge of Him. In order for you to know the hope of His calling. See, if I'm not enlightened in the knowledge of Him, I don't know the hope of His calling. I'm like a man in darkness, like somebody walking into a room and it's dark and I'm trying to... Have you ever got up and tried to find a light switch in your life? I have. Have you ever stumbled around trying to find the light switch? That's what I'm, I'm like if I'm not enlightened. 
in the knowledge of Him. To know the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance is in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us word who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He was raised from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. So what He did in Christ was toward us who believe. That's what, he did. what was done in Christ, Paul said, is toward us who believe. And when He raised Him from the dead, set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. See, here's the crucifixion to the world. He's far above all, what? Say it. Principality. And power. And might. And dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is also to come. And have put all things under His feet. How much? What did He not put under it? Said all. A lot of people are looking for Jesus to do come and do some put some things under his feet. Paul said he did it. Either Paul was wrong, don't think he was, or some people are have got it wrong. So all things were put under his feet and gave him to be head over what? All to the church which is this building in Culpeper, to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all. A lot of all here in all. His body, the church. There you go. You want me to read it without a talents? And He hath put all under His feet and gave Him the head over all to the church. Gave Him the head to the church. Over all to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all in all. The head over all to the church. The head over all to the church. So your head is Christ. Your head is not the world. See, this is a big deal. The reason this is a big deal in our concept of Christianity, and bear with me for a few minutes because this is a big deal, folks. In our concept, the world rules us. In Christ's concept, He rules us. He's our head, ruler. So what He says about us is final. Period. See, see, Christians have battled that, that little statement most of their Christian life. Most of their Christian life, Christians have battled the the statement of sins. I can't get out of sin. 
Comprehend Christ is the answer. If you want to get out of sins, comprehend your head. Because He hath delivered you from, according to Paul, all sin. He not is going to, He has. So the Christian walk is about experiencing what He has done. What he's already done. That's what the Christian walk is. That's what Paul writes to the Colossians. Flip over to Colossians. I was wanting to read Ephesians 2, but it looks like we're going to read Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. We're in chapter 2 today. We can read every chapter 2, Brother Wayne, in the Bible. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. But we could. Colossians 2. Verse 6. As you have therefore received. Have you received Christ Jesus? As you have received Christ Jesus, walk in Him. See, that's so, again, here's one of the italics words. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith as you have been taught. Abounding therein in thanksgiving. Abounding in Christ. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So what's man going to spoil you from? Christ. Who's going to spoil you from Christ? Man. (laughs) Pretty simple, ain't it? For in Him dwells all. Here's this word all again. In Him dwells part of the Godhead bodily. No. In Him dwells all the fullness of the divinity. That word Godhead means the divinity. The divinity bodily. All. A-L-L. All. And you are complete in Him that has all divinity. Not only is all divinity in Him, you are complete in Him. Do you feel completed now? (laughs) You are complete in Him who is the head of all. Here's all again, principality and power. In whom you are circumcised, with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. I wanted to get this out of Romans 6. I guess the Lord wanted me to get it out of Colossians 2. Here's the body of the sins of the flesh. Do you still have physical bodies? You do, don't you? So the body of the sins of the flesh may not be speaking about your physical body. You're circumcised with Christ from the body of the sins of the flesh. The body of death, Paul calls it in another place. The body of death. You're circumcised, cut away from the body of death. Through the circumcision in Christ. What's the circumcision in Christ? Buried with Him in baptism... Paul writes about this in Romans 6. You're baptized into His death. You're buried with Him in baptism. Wherein 
you are also risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who raised Him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened, made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. All. How many? All. How many is all? All of them. Glory to God. So this word forgiven, I wanted to look it up. To grant as a favor, that is gratuitously, in kindness, pardon, or rescue, deliver. He hath delivered you from all transgression. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. He blotted them out. He took them upon Himself. Which was contrary to us because carnal mind's enmity with God. We were bound up in that mind. And took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. He nailed what was against us and spoiled principalities and powers. See, the power that was set forth and it was the power given of God was the, was the law. That was the power, folks. And it had divine power in the earth. It would come of God through Moses and it bound man to the law. But Paul writes, he that is dead is free from the law. That's what he says in Romans 6 and 7. Romans 6, he says, you're dead to sin. And Romans 7, he says, you're dead to the law. But see, this thing has to be cut away from my heart. Because I think I live unto God by the law. That's the problem in almost all Christian circles. I live unto God by the law. No, 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 no. You live unto God by Christ. A greater than the law came. A greater than the law. Jesus was greater than the law. The law spoke of Him. He was the fulfillment. He said, I haven't come to destroy the law and the prophets, but to fulfill it. He was its fulfillment. He took everything of your problem and crucified to live His life through you. To live, listen to this, to live His life through you. He said, I've come that you might have life. You didn't have life. Remember, have you ever read Romans? Paul said, all is dead, all men are dead, death passed up on all men. All, that, that wonderful word, all, death passed up on all men, all were dead. Jesus come along and said, I've come that you might have life. He didn't say, I've come that you would have lives. He said, I've come that you might have life. 
life. And He said, I am the resurrection and the life. If, if, if I could put this in words, I'm going to try. And I've been 40 minutes, so I'm, give me five more. Then at 45, I'll go, give me five more. But give me five more. If I can try to put this in words, I'm the resurrection and the life, he says. In Adam, all are dead. Get a hold of this. Every man in Adam is dead. Period. Even when he's breathing air, he's dead. Jesus raises you from the dead. See, my concept is I've got to be buried out here in the ground to get raised from the dead. He raises you from the dead in Adam. In Adam, all is dead. He raises you from the dead in Adam to live in Christ. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, who did Christ Jesus the Lord say He was? I am the resurrection. As you have, you can read it this way, as you have received the resurrection and the life, so walk in Him. Because He defined Himself. He didn't say, I'm going to do resurrections. He said, I am the resurrection. This concept in Christianity is Jesus is going to do a resurrection. He said, I am. I'm how you raise up, and I'm the life you come into. You're the body of me, is what he's saying. The church which is his body, the fullness of him, the resurrection and the life. Glory to God. The fullness of the resurrection and the life. And if the church got a hold of that, no principality and power would stand against it. And that's what Jesus said, Upon the revelation of me, that's what He said to Peter, Upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not, shall not prevail against it. Period. So when we get a hold of this, and we begin to see it by the Spirit of God, and not by our own intellect. See, people have tried to understand all these things by their intellect, and it's caused chaos in the church. I mean chaos. And it saddens my heart because of the lack of reality of Christ that's actually in dear believers. These are believers, folks. These are people that have God's Spirit in them. And they don't understand they are His body and they are to manifest the living Christ in the earth. They're waiting someday instead of having Christ. The someday that you're really waiting on is Him to be revealed in you. And, it, and I can, you know, we, we'll have to study this out by the Scripture. And it'll take us all year. Maybe two or three services a week. But what you have to do is apply your heart to the Lord, not to what I say. Because you could memorize everything I say and still not see it. Because I can't cause you to see it. That's why Paul was crying out that the eyes of their heart might be enlightened. 
with the light of Christ. Because if it's enlightened with humanity, with the mind of man, it won't see it. The mind of man is darkness. That's what Paul says to the Ephesians. You were darkness. Now are you light. Glory to God in the Lord. Will you stand with me this morning? You can cut this off, Anita. Will you stand with me this morning? Ethan, for future broadcast.